Oh boy, a lot to unpack here. A lot to unpack. Oh hell yeah, I am here for this. Wait, why do they have tails if they're in human form? Everybody. Welcome back to I Ship It Podcast. This is the podcast where I, your host, Emily J, talk about fan fiction and fandom and wonderful fandomy, geeky things that uh, we all have pretended our whole lives that we didn't really, really love. And now we're all coming out together, right? We all really, really love these things and nobody's ashamed of it anymore. So I'm here by myself this week. I don't have a guest, which means I'm back in my my amazing recording studio, my hall closet. Um, there's going to be a little debate going on as to what we should actually name this. I've got two names in the running right now. There's the Citadel of Smut or the Sanctum Smutorum, uh, which was given to me by a friend of mine. So I'm going to put a little, uh, a little um, poll up on the social medias and see what you guys think I should name this closet because this is where I'll be recording when I'm by myself. So this is this needs to have something pretty amazing to call it instead of just the hall closet with my pretty dresses. But that's where I am today. No guest, just me. Um, I know everybody had a great time with Chelsea last week, so I just want to send another shout out to her and say thanks so much for coming on and gushing about Harry Potter with me. That was so much fun, and I can't wait to have you back on again for another fandom. But it is July 8th that we are recording this, um, and some important things happened this week, some holidays. But number one, I have to say happy birthday to my little sister. She's 21 years old today. Happy birthday, Kimberly. I love you so much, and I hope you're having an awesome day. You're officially old enough to do all the fun things except get a decent rate on your car insurance, which, you know, is at 25, and that's not really that fun. But also, I just thought, like, if I ever get sponsored by like insurance or something, I'd have just like now I had the perfect lead in for like with my little commercial that I'd have to do. But I'm not sponsored by insurance unless they are listening and they want to throw some cheddar my way. I'd hopefully I'd happily take that and do a car insurance commercial based around my sister's birthday. I have no shame. It's been pretty obvious so far. But it's Kimmy's birthday. Hi. Yay. Happy birthday. And also this week uh, was Canada Day last Sunday. Yay, Canada. So much better than us. And then it was um, July 4th, which you might think I'd be here to talk about uh, Independence Day and the 4th of July. And fuck that. No, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm here to talk about Steve-mas, the greatest holiday of the year. And this year was extra special because it was the 100th birthday of Steve Grant Rogers, Captain America, who is the topic of conversation this week. And by conversation, I mean my soliloquy about how much I love him. But before we get to that, uh, and then don't worry, I have so much to say about that. Guys, do not worry at all. We will get to the nitty gritty of Steve Miss and Steve Rogers and all of the wonderful things that he is. But I just wanted to say to everybody who has been listening, thank you for the last two episodes. The last two weeks have been um, personally and professionally for my life has been just like one giant suck salad with like bacon bits of bullshit and like a fuck you vinaigrette. It has just been like things happening every day, just nonsense. And the brightest spot by far 
has been getting to do this podcast, getting to spend the time with my husband and my friends, and to hear how much everybody is enjoying it. And it's been really, really nice. So here's to uh, the next few weeks not being such a suck salad, hopefully. But just in case they are, I'm going to keep doing this because it's uh, it's my bright spot. And I just wanted to say thanks before we get too far into me uh, geeking out about Captain America, which... It's a, it's a it's a problem, I guess. No, it's not a problem. Fuck that. It's not a problem at all. It's my part of my personality. And if you don't love me at my most Steve Rogers obsessed, then you don't deserve me any other time because there's no other time. It's just who I am all the time. That being said, um, fan fiction, right? Yeah, fan fiction and Steve and Captain America. I am going to talk to you guys this week about a series of stories um, called, the, the series is entitled, and this is so wonderful, it's entitled How Steve Rogers Got His Groove Back. And like, first of all, if that doesn't make you smile, you got a piece of Voldemort living inside you. Because if there's anybody on this planet that deserves to get his groove back, it is Steve goddamn Rogers. That boy has suffered, and he suffered too much. And this is why we turn to fan fiction. So this story takes place, this this series was started in March of 2014. Before I get into that, let me tell you guys, let me take you on a little trip here, all right? So when the first Avengers film came out in 2012, I think, 12 or 13, um, I think it was 12, yeah, 2012, the first Avengers film came out and the fandom went crazy. Now, I wasn't in the Avengers fandom yet. But it was like everything everybody had ever wanted. And it was, it is, the first Avengers movie is great. Age of Ultron is awful. But Avengers Assemble is wonderful. Except that there's not enough Steve. But there's never enough Steve. Let's be honest. There's never enough Steve. And they never pay enough attention to his pain and his sorrow and his loss. And how he's trying his damnedest to fit in. But he just doesn't. All his friends are dead. It's horrible. Avengers Assemble was great because it had a lot of great um, moments between the team and there was all this really great like hopeful vibe at the end. I mean, you see Steve riding away on his little motorcycle. He's got a little half smile for the first time in 70 years. And and Tony and Pepper are building Avengers Tower. This will come in handy later. Keep that in mind. At the end of Avengers, they were building Avengers Tower instead of Stark Tower. And Thor took Loki off to Asgard and and Clint and Natasha were just like bros or possibly more. It was still ambivalent at that point. Bruce Banner was, you know, uh, not hiding in Cambodia or wherever he was before. Everybody was good. It was good. It was all good. Uh, Nick Fury was still in charge. He was yelling at everybody, but in character. It was just, it was all what we wanted. And really, if I think if you polled every Avengers fangirl after the first movie, we all would have said in unison, just give us more of that moment at the end where they were all eating shawarma. We all just took that and just held the fuck on. We were like, yes, look at them. They're a little family. They're a little unit. That's all we want. Just more of that, please. No more monsters. Or, you know, occasionally monsters are fine. They have to have something to do. But no big drums. This is what we want. This is all we need. So the fan fiction from that period of time is just like, really, I mean, 
if you want to start somewhere, I recommend you go back and you read pre-Age of Ultron fan fiction for Avengers because it is just like the sweet spot of what everybody was just hoping against hope that we would keep doing. And of course, that didn't happen. Of course, Joss Whedon got his grubby little hands again back in the script and he fucked everything up and he put Bruce and Natasha together or tried to, but they had no chemistry. So then Bruce had to go to another planet. And uh, anyway, anyway, we will get to that later, I promise. But right now, let's we're going back to the golden age. And the golden age of Avengers fanfic had had a couple ingredients. It had everybody living in the tower. Everybody had their own apartments. <laughs> I'm making myself laugh thinking about how sweet and naive we all were. So everybody lived in the tower. Tony um, financed everything as he should. He is the only billionaire of the bunch. Um, Tony financed everything. He and Bruce worked in the R&D levels like he promised they would in the first movie. And everybody had their own apartments. And then they had like a common area where they'd meet for like movie nights and family dinners. And Clint Barton was like always up in the vents, like spying on people, but not in a creepy way. And then there was like prank wars and Thor would come down and Jane and Darcy were there from the Thor movies. We'll get to Darcy in a minute. She's very, very important to me. But everybody was happy and it was just like this like little fun, dysfunctional superhero family. And I guess that's really all we wanted. We just wanted a sitcom of Tony bankrolling everybody, Loki occasionally showing up to wreak madness, mayhem, whatever, so mayhem, and, you know, Steve navigating technology, but not in a lame way, just in like, a, I've been asleep for seven years, give me a fucking second to catch up kind of way and Thor I, Thor ate a lot of Pop-Tarts in these fanfics and I don't necessarily know why but I was there for it but so this series that I'm talking about here how Steve Rogers got his groove back this this writer chose an interesting time to start writing this series because she then had a lot of bullshit thrown at her that she had to work in and she did it very well again again assuming genders the Author's name is Rain, R-A-I-N-N-E. There will be a link, as always, in the show notes. Um, and the one story that I'm going to I'm going to focus on the most is the. Also, wait. This series, by the way, has seven parts of it, and it is entirely complete. So you can read this whole thing, never have to worry about an update. Just enjoy it in its in its entirety. It's very very well done. The story I will be focusing on is the first one, which is called A Death in the Family. But before we uh, we get into that, I'm going to go back to the Golden Age and fanfic and what uh, what brought me in. And it's an entirely selfish, selfish thing. So um, I my ship in this in this universe, in this fandom is Darcy Lewis and Steve Rogers. They are my OTP, which I trust you all know what that means now that I told you about it last week. Um, they are my OTP of the Avengers par uh, fandom. And Darcy is from, uh, she's not in the comics, but she's in the first and second Thor movies. We won't get to the third Thor movie because I fucking hated it because they wrote out everybody that I loved. But um, so she is Jane Foster's intern and she's funny and she's snarky and she's curvy and gorgeous and she's played by Kat Dennings. Now, 
this is where the selfish part comes in. It has been said once or twice in my life that I bear a strong resemblance to Miss Kat Dennings. And I take that as a very high compliment because I think she's smoking hot. And I'm like more like Kat Dennings if she ate a lot of cookies, I think. Um, if they need like a chubby older sister for her someday, I hope she gives me a call because like, hey, I'm here. I'm not doing anything. And I look just as good in red lipstick. So my uh, my love of this pairing turned into it's just really just a self insert. Let's I turn my nose up at, at reader inserts and uh, and Mary Sue's, but here I am. I'm like, oh, somebody said I look like her once. I'll ship them forever. But in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think that their relationship makes a lot of sense because she's um, she's a hacker. And she's a political scientist, so she's got a lot of uh, a lot of tech smarts. And I'm not saying that Steve's an idiot with his with his technology. He catches on very fast. And by the time Winter Soldier rolled around, like he knew how to use the internet, and he could use his cell phone, and he wasn't like a total idiot who only listened to records and you know was like blown away by by a cell phone. But um, but there were a lot of fix that I like when I was like just you know kind of just just putting my feelers out there like oh I want they be kind of a cute couple I wonder what that's I wonder if there's any fan fiction about them uh thankfully there's a shit ton because everybody agrees with me again me not anybody else this is this is all just my opinions that you're all agreeing with so um so there's a lot of fix out there where she's uh she's a lot more patient with him kind of learning you know getting easing him into the 21st century as opposed to you know, to Tony, who's kind of abrasive and, and is uh, more akin to, you know, kind of make fun of him and make him feel like he's, you know, doing something wrong. Um, and of course, you know, anything with Tony has to deal with his crazy fucking daddy issues and whatever that have nothing to do with Steve. And he should never have projected them on him. But we'll get to that later. Um but so, yeah, so Darcy's always kind of was at first anyway, was portrayed as, you know, this this intern that, you know, used to help this scientist that now has done this groundbreaking research. And she's got real scientists that help her instead of her, you know, her political science intern. So Darcy was always kind of the um, the rogue element, the, the one that didn't have a lot to do once they all moved into the tower, because, of course, of course course her under jane's underemployed intern would also obviously come come with and i never questioned that even a little bit and neither should you but uh so so you know darcy just kind of like the jane of all trades i guess and she would just kind of help out where she needed and she and steve it was always very sweet like they always like struck up a little friendship and she'd ask him questions about um you know about the war but not enough to trigger him and she'd like give him music um, music recommendations and they'd trade books and then they're in the fix their relationship always really developed you know nice and organically and and I loved that and I was like oh that's what Steve needs I mean you know really why do I why do I ship Steve and Darcy because it's the only goddamn chance I have to see Steve Rogers have any semblance of a happy ending because if you watch the movies it's nothing but a carousel of pain and loss Every single film, every single film, the man's life is filled with loss. He gives and he gives and he gives and everybody just takes away from him. And it's so sad because he just wants to be like best friends with Bucky and he just wanted to be in love with Peggy forever. And that's not going to happen because now she's old and she's dead and she had Alzheimer's. And it was so much 
sadness, but in the fix, you know, all those things still happen, but but he has Darcy to make him laugh. And and she she makes him smile and she makes him forget that, you know, most of his friends are dead and uh, that everybody he knows and loves is gone and, and he really doesn't really belong in this century. But she makes him feel like he does. And that's why I love them. But this fic, this uh, this death in the family was one of the first ones that I read when I started uh, started really getting into the pairing. And it has all my favorite elements. This writer wrote Steve's PTSD and Steve's kind of reintegration into society so well. I was so impressed. And there were little moments that that just like, I was like, oh my God, I wish everybody talked about this. But because they don't, this one made this so special. But um, so the, the premise of the story is that Darcy, uh, Darcy's grandmother passes away and she has to go home for the funeral and she doesn't want to go by herself. So Steve, being her friend, offers to go with her and he spends a week with her family um, and and there's some there's some family tension. Darcy's adopted in this story um, and she's. Uh, she's not entirely welcome with some of her family, which I don't know. I always feel like that's like an unrealistic trope in in stories and fics in general because every adopted person I know has had an incredibly loving situation that they've been adopted into. But maybe that's not the case for everybody. And if it isn't, I'm so so sorry. But that's the that's the premise there that Steve kind of is there to to serve as her protector from her family that doesn't really think that she's part of their family. Um, So he's there as like the buffer. And while he's there, there's one moment, I mean, they bond and they end up having to share her room. And um, there's no, there's not, the bed sharing trope does not happen, unfortunately, which is one of my favorite tropes. And I can talk about that later. Um, But the bed sharing trope does not happen, but there is the, uh, she sleeps in her twin bed and he sleeps on the floor kind of thing. And it's just, it's super cute. Um, But while he's sleeping he has nightmares and PTSD flashbacks and it's handled really really well that you know they don't know each other well enough that he would have confided this in her and this is the situation that's set up that she gets to see this side that he's been struggling with and uh there's one part it's so adorable she gives him her teddy bear from when she was little and he uh she says here he'll he'll uh he'll keep you safe you can you can talk to him if you want and he says, "What's uh, what's your bear's name?" And she says, "Major." And he uh, he kind of laughs and he's like, "Oh, so your your bear is in the armed forces?" And she's like, "Yeah." And he outranks you, so you better do what he says. And I think that was so cute. I was like, "Oh God, <laughs> Steve Darcy Major, oh, God." Ugh, just my little fandom feels, man. Just killed me. Just kicked me right in the feels. Um, the other great part that they that I feel like too many writers ignore um, or they they use it for nefarious purposes, which is also kind of fun. But they uh, they talk about Steve being a chorus girl. He was on the road with 20, you know, chorus girls. He's the only guy He was on the road with these 20 girls for a year before he went to the front line. And and people don't talk about that in fan fiction. 
And if or if they do, they talk about it as like that's where he lost his virginity, or you know, that's you know, whatever. I don't know, whatever. But they, like I said, nefarious purposes. But uh, this this mention of it was so great because it was the day. I think it's the day of the funeral, and Darcy has Kat Dennings hair, which is you know long and curly and unruly, and she is standing in front of her mirror. And she's like, I don't know what to do with my hair. It won't do anything. And Steve comes up behind her and he just starts parting it. And he's like, I can I can do a French braid. But if you want something else, I need uh, I need bobby pins. And she's like, what? And he's like, well, if I mean, I, I know how to do I know how to do hair if you want if you want it up off your face. But I can just do a French braid or, or I can you know, if you have some bobby pins, I can do something a little bit fancier. And she was like, that's no, that's OK. Uh, French French braid is great. And he, you know, he's so casual about it. But, like, of course Steve knows how to do hair. The 21 girls, like, you don't think one of them sat him down and was like, here, help me with this? He probably did this every day. Like, this is what he's good at. And it was so sweet and so humanizing. And, like I said, not something that uh, that a lot of people ever really explore. Like, the sweetness of of him spending all this time with these women and what he would have, you know, learned from them and what he would have remembered from from that part of his life. Um, there's also a point where they're at the funeral and one of Darcy's grandmother's friends pulls him aside and says, um, I think it's like her sister or something. I should have read it more closely, but her sister uh, danced with him in the chorus line and he he kind of laughs and he asks what the name was and he you know remembers this woman like like that like just like at the drop of a hat because it was only you know three years ago for him, but you know she uh, she said like it was like the thrill of her life you know this woman saying her sister always said it was the thrill of her life and she said he was such a sweetheart and nobody ever believed that because he was such a you know such a strapping young man that everybody thought he was just kind of a a bore on top of everything but that you know it's just so much fun and and so so sweet and so just wholesome it's a g rating there's nothing i mean there's nothing racy about this fic and i just sat there with like little hard eyes the whole time just chapter after chapter oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yay wonderful even like the sad angsty parts were just so just precious i just wanted to gobble this fic up and i think you will too and then if you're like me you're going to read the whole series and like i said this poor author she picked a hell of a time to publish this series because she published it march of 2014 now uh if you recall the winter soldier the greatest Marvel film, possibly one of the greatest films in general, uh, was debuted in April of 2014. And that's when my life really took a turn for the uh, insane with how much I loved this franchise. Because uh, that's when The Winter Soldier came out. And it was such a perfect, wonderful film. And we got to see so much of Steve in the now and his his life and all this craziness that went down and it was really the turning point in the whole MCU and this is not me being dramatic the producers and everybody has said this that this is when the whole thing like everything you thought you knew about the world that they were building just turned on its head and and she was not done with the series by the time that happened so she took all that shit that went down and she started writing 
new parts of this in this little universe that just go right. It's like a perfect companion piece. It's a perfect companion piece to all the shit that was going on. All the the craziness with Hydra and S.H.I.E.L.D. and Nick Fury being dead but not dead. And then like all the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. shit that was going on. Like just so much that she had to work in. And she did it so beautifully. And then she pivoted the story from it being about Darcy and Steve, which was okay. But then she pivoted it to it being about their search for Bucky. And... (sighs) I have a lot of feelings about Bucky Barnes um, and about Steve. It's never ending love and search for him. Um, But she works it into this fic. She works all that into this fic. And she does it so well. And it was like genuinely impressive. I was like, wow, this is great. The writing's just like solid. The story's great. And like I said, she really took what she was thrown at us, all of us. And she just like was like, yeah, cool. No, this is exactly what I wanted to get where the direction I wanted to go. And it's dark, but it's also hopeful. It's just there's I have a lot of feelings about this, uh, this how Steve Rogers got his groove back series. And I think y'all should read it and and you should talk to me about it because there is just nothing I love more than talking about Steve Rogers fan fiction. Um, I, I this was this episode should come to absolutely to a shock to absolutely as a shock to absolutely no one because I have made it no secret that this is my this is my love. He's tattooed on my arm. I have uh, too many shirts and socks and outfits and other things, uh, hair bows, et cetera, et cetera. When I left my job in New York to move out west, my last day, I came home with all of my presents that my staff had bought me. And my husband was like, did you rob an eight-year-old boy's birthday party? And I was like, it looks like that, doesn't it? I mean, the things they got me, these blessed little lambs. They got me uh, posters and little framed prints and T-shirts and jammies and action figures and just like all kinds of wonderful things. These blessed little beasts that I used to supervise. They're just so sweet. They got me all these toys that are now decorating my uh, my corner of the bedroom office um, with my little Captain America themed corner and some other things that I've bought. But but he makes me happy. Um, he fits right in with my kind of unnatural obsession and love with all things World War II and 1940s. Um, he has done what I've always wanted to do, which is sleep for 70 years and wake up in an entirely new world. That sounds great to me. Also done what I've always wanted to do, which is take experimental drugs and become the pinnacle of physical perfection with doing absolutely no work. That's the Captain America challenge. I'm interested in. If I could go into a Barbie beefcake machine and come out looking like that, I would do it in a heartbeat. I mean, I guess the girl version. I don't want, I mean, his boobs are bigger than mine at this point. So maybe, maybe I'd have to make some, some adjustments to the, uh, the Barbie beefcake machine, but that's what I want. And that's what Steve did. And on top of everything else, uh, a child in my life, I won't give her name away because this is the internet, but Uh, told me one time that she wanted to be Captain America for Halloween because Captain America's real superpower is that he's nice to everyone. And I thought that was just the best possible way to describe Mr. Stephen Grant Rogers, that he is nice to everyone, even people who don't deserve it. He's just polite. 
and he's sweet and he's unassuming and he is very masculine without being a, you know, a fucking asshole, like misogynist douchebag about anything. He totally respects women of all kinds. The reason he fell in love with Peggy Rogers or Peggy Rogers. Oh, my God. I just Freudian slip. <laughs> if only Peggy Rogers. <gasps> the reason he fell in love with Peggy Carter, break my own fucking heart here, is that the first day he met her, she punched a dude in the face who was hitting on her. And he was like, yep, that's my future wife. Spoiler alert, it's not meant to be. But these things happen. Because Steve's never allowed to have any fucking happiness. Remember? I said that earlier. Yeah, that's why. Starts there. But he loves Peggy because she's strong and she's fearless and she sees him for who, she, who he really is, even when he's just a 90-pound asthmatic. And he... You know, his his friends, like he trusts and respects women in the MCU and in the comics. He his mama was a single mother in the 30s who raised him right the best she could. And and just like he's a feminist icon. And if you want to fight me on this, I will fucking curb stomp you about Steve Rogers being a feminist icon because he absolutely is. Not to mention the fact that we are so close to getting them to admit that he is bisexual. I mean, my God, the pressure is on people on everybody knows he's in love with Bucky Barnes everybody every single person and the MCU if they let them have more than a five minute scene together they would have to address the intense chemistry that Chris Evans and Sebastian Stan have and it would like the homoerotic energy that is just pulsating between them and they'd have to let Steve have a boyfriend and it would have to be Bucky they're in love they've been in love since they were 11 let them be together (sighs) I mean, at this point, I've made peace with the fact that my ship, my OTP, will never be canon. And that's okay. You know, it sails on in my heart and on the internet, where it's the only place that matters. But if I can't have Steve and Darcy, which is, it's not going to happen. And I can't have Steve and Peggy, because fuck you guys with your alzheimer's and your old age bullshit that you had to make us cry through in winter soldier even though it was perfectly executed and then killing her off in civil war i mean come on so they're not gonna be together so steve's just gonna walk around with his piece of heart dead okay fine great par for the course his only option in in my mind is bucky barnes and i just think that these cowards at the mcu can get the fuck over themselves and give Steve Rogers a boyfriend. Granted, we are rapidly running out of runway with the Steve Rogers storyline because the last Avengers film and the last one I believe he is in ever, or at least Chris Evans is in as Captain America, uh, is coming out next April or May. And if you saw the first part of that nonsense, if you saw Infinity War in April then you know it is highly unlikely that our boy's going to get a happy ending. I mean, just in any way, shape, or form of that that word. I mean, I just don't think, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not even looking forward to it. I just want it to be done. I just know they're going to rip my heart out. They're going to reach into my chest, both Russos, reach into my chest, squeeze my heart while it's beating, and say, like, you thought you loved Steve Rogers? Well, let us tell you how we feel about that. And just wring my little fangirl heart out all over the theater, just oozing arterial blood or or whatever, 
and I'm going to be a shell of a human being. My poor husband had to go with me to see the first event or the, you know, the first part, the Infinity War. And when we got home, and I won't spoil anything except that it'll ruin your fucking life. So if you haven't seen it yet, enjoy the way your life is right now because it won't be the same when you're done. But we got home and it was like two days later that I was still kind of a shell of who I was before I went into the theater. And and poor Jer was like, what, do you, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm fine, fine, fine. He was like, do you wanna like, you wanna talk about it? And I was like, no, it's fine, it's okay. And then he was like, he was like, what, um, what do you, what do you want to, what do you want to do? And he's like, you want to watch some other Marvel movies? <laughs> and I was like, no, because I just want to watch a goddamn Marvel movie where Steve Rogers gets more than 20 fucking minutes of like joy and happiness. That's all I want. And guess what? It doesn't exist. That's why I have to turn to fan fiction because it's the only chance I have to see him have any happiness in his life. That's the only thing. That's the only thing there is. <sighs> yeah, that was a bad weekend. Like like I said, it was like two days later, we were eating dinner, and Jared was like, you okay? You seem kind of quiet. And I was like, no, I'm fine. And he was like, are you thinking about Avengers? And I basically burst into tears. Yes, I am. I'm sorry I'm like this. And I was just ruined. I'm just fucking ruined. I'm ruined by Steve. I'm ruined by Bucky. I'm ruined by Darcy. Just like, this is my life. I'm here in this in this dumpster and I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm, I'm so okay with it. I started a podcast about it. I literally started a podcast just so I could do this, just so I could sit at a microphone and <laughs> word vomit about Captain America. Um, <laughs> and that's, uh, that's who I am as a person. Just, that's literally all I'm about these days. But the best thing about the Stephen Darcy fandom is that, like I said, it's it's there's a there's a strong love for the character of Darcy Lewis. We're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to talk about Darcy Lewis. Uh, there's a strong love for her on the Internet, except I've seen like maybe 15 people who don't like her and they get to fuck themselves. But those other people, my people, my tribe, uh, we have a little group called Darcyland. <laughs> and it's just great because she's uh, I mean, she's a strong character. She's a lot of fun, but she apparently is the fandom bicycle they people just fucking pair her with everybody and that's what's so cool is that it's all okay i've said this a couple times that you know the greatest thing about fan fiction is that there is something for everybody and whether you like it or not is okay like it's okay it doesn't matter if you don't like it it's still okay so i don't read darcy and loki or darcy and clint or darcy and sam i just read darcy and steve and occasionally i'll throw in a bro tp with bucky or Sam. Um, oh, okay. We'll do a little pause. So last week we talked about OTPs, which is one true pairing. But there's this wonderful little offshoot called bro TP, which is when you take two characters and you're like, they're fucking bros. They are besties for the resties. I love these two. As friends, we don't introduce any of that sexual tension bullshit. It is just bros being bros. And Darcy and Bucky are my bro TP. I just, I love them as like that antagonistic brother-sister relationship and I think they'd be really sweet to each other and I think she would get him in a lot of ways that uh that other people don't and I also love 
uh, the same thing with her and Sam. I think they would they would jive really well. So while I'm calling out the MCU for being fucking cowards for not giving Captain America a boyfriend, I'm also going to call them out for not putting her in Infinity War because she would have been helpful, and I could have had I could have had time to enjoy her interacting with my faves because obviously in my brain it would have gone down exactly like I just said. She would have started dating Steve. <laughs> In the six and a half minutes he was on screen and uh, and been bros with Bucky and helped him tend his goats or whatever it was he was doing in Wakanda. And also bros with Sam because Sam does not get enough love. We'll devote an entire other episode to Sam. Sam Wilson, I promise. He's the best. But today, back to Darcy. But anyway, so everybody pairs her with different people. So I got my OTP where I can read all the different things about her and Steve um, I can read about her her being besties with my my two guys, Sam and Bucky, um, kind of playing middleman between the two of them because their their frenemy ship uh, is is sailing strong. They love to hate each other, and she's always written as like the the calming force between the two of them, which I love. Um, while well, still needling them both so that you know that doesn't go away entirely. And uh, and yeah, she's just people people. People respect her a lot in fic, which is nice. They don't they don't treat her like garbage, which I think a lot of I mean, unfortunately, in the comics, a lot of female characters, if they're not the hero, you know, they're just kind of there to be the damsel or they're there to be the victim or or, you know, just kind of a side character. And that's that's really what she was. I mean, she wasn't a damsel or a victim, but she was just kind of a side a side piece in the Thor movies, and that's that's fine. Jane was obviously the main event there, and Jane's wonderful. This is not an anti-Jane uh neighborhood at all so take your fucking garbage opinions elsewhere if you didn't love jane foster and think she deserved better than to be written off with a single fucking line in ragnarok which is more than darcy got unfortunately but um so yeah so if you don't love jane out but she uh she's obviously the main character and she's the love interest in for thor and that's great and she's a brilliant scientist which is also awesome and she's played by natalie portman who is flawless but uh darcy gets so much love in fan fiction it's it makes it genuinely makes up for it like i (laughs) i love this character and i have written so much fic about her and i don't say that with even a semblance of shame i've worked really really hard on my darcy fan fictions and there's a lot of people who have told me that they like it. And that is sometimes, I mean, shit's gotten pretty dark inside my brain. There have been times like, I'm like, oh, no, this is this is what's keeping me alive this month. And that's that's that's, that's just a confession that y'all are going to have to keep inside your brains is that fan fiction has straight up saved my life once or twice. And uh, and it's because people are wonderful and people leave reviews and they encourage each other and the whole community is just really supportive and sweet and I have just wonderful people in my life that I have met because of Darcy Lewis and I think that's just so fucking great. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't know a lot of people who have friends based on fictional characters, but if you don't have any, go go on the internet and get some because they're great. You don't have to apologize for anything. You meet people in a fandom, like, everything is fair game. That is, like, an unspoken rule. You can just tell them whatever the fuck you want. I mean, there are things I've told my fandom friends that I didn't even know about myself. Because you don't have a face. You don't ha- you're don't. you just a little avatar and a screen name. I mean, it's like, like the golden age of AIM. Or you can be whoever the hell you want. But 
you can just like be your authentic. I mean, I can be my authentic trash goblin geek self that just like thrives on, you know, bizarre AUs about, you know, Steve Rogers being a history professor and Darcy being his TA. I've read that one. I've seen it a couple times, but it's, it's dancing on the outskirts of my of my uh, my to be read list. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to get better about uh, about things that I'm a little nervous about. And I think that one might be a little too sexy for me. I'm not gonna lie. Can you hear my blush right now? Because it's uh, it's heating up here in my closet. I'm thinking about Professor Steve Rogers and it's it's getting a little it's getting a little a little hot and heavy in here. So we're gonna change the topic and um, and probably wrap it up actually. I think I've gushed enough about a death in the family and how Steve Rogers got his groove back. As I said, there will be a link in the show notes as always. That is my review and my recommendation this week. I haven't decided when I do these solo episodes how it's all going to work. It's probably just going to be more along these lines of, you know, I just open my mouth and all the fandom comes out. Um, but so that so yeah, you can you can read this whole thing. I would love it not only if you read it and left the author a sweet review like we talked about last week, but also if you told me what you think of it. Because like I said, I have read this this whole series and I loved it and I love nothing more than talking about fanfic with people I like. So if you read it and you want to talk to me about it, I am here. I am here with giant open ears to listen to your thoughts and opinions. That actually goes for any fan fiction. If you give me a recommendation and you're just like, hey, I love this story and I want to talk about it. Like, girl, boy, whoever you are, I will read that fan fiction with an open mind and an open heart. And I will talk to you about it because this is the year. I said it in my first episode. We're coming out, guys. We're coming out. Whatever thing you've been keeping quiet about in your geeky fandom life, like, I don't know, like you have a... A, a Lord of the Rings role-playing character that you've been, you know, uh, cultivating and working on since you were 12 years old. If you want to talk about that, this is the space. This is the safe space. We are not ashamed of anything. I'm not going to kink shame you. I'm not going to elf shame you or whatever the fuck goes on in Lord of the Rings. I still don't actually know what happens in that story. But if you want to talk about it, I am here for you. And I bet I could find somebody else who knows just as much as you do, who will listen and actually be able to respond as opposed to what I'll be able to do, which is to ask a lot of questions because I won't understand anything. But my enthusiasm makes up for it, I think. And I just I just want to listen. So come out to me, guys. Come out and uh, and 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 let. You know, let the cleansing rain of the I Ship It podcast wash away all of your fears and just, well, I'll just take a deep breath in and just, I love Captain America. It's out. That's okay. It's out. It's out there. I write fan fiction. I read fan fiction. You guys listen to me talk about fan fiction. We all have something that we don't have to be ashamed about anymore. It's okay. Um, before I wrap up, I do want to address something uh, that happened in the last episode. I was listening to it and I realized that you can hear uh, a cat um, howling the entire, the almost the entire time. I think it's like two thirds of the episode. You can hear a cat uh, in the opposite room or in another room just howling at the top of his lungs. That is Radcliffe. 
uh, named for Daniel when I was deep in my Harry Potter phase 11 years ago. Uh, He's fine. He is a whiny bitch who likes to scream at us when he uh, isn't the center of attention. So he's not sick. He's not hurt. He's not malnourished or under attended to. He is showered with love and affection all the time and very well fed. And we just, you know, fixed all of his fleas and his dental problems. So he's 100% healthy now. He's just a whiny bitch. He's an old man and he likes to yell. But you don't have to worry about that. So anybody who was concerned that we were, you know, uh, neglecting our animal, we're not. He's just like that. So that's that's what that sound was. If you want to go back and listen to the second episode and hear all of Rad's opinions on Harry Potter, he has plenty of them and he wanted to share them with us, but we wouldn't let him. So he was real mad about it. Um, uh, I think that's it. I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. So if you want more of this content up in your ears, we've got episodes one and two also streaming. You could start at the beginning if you're just coming into this and being like, what the fuck did I just stumble into? Um, we are available on iTunes and Stitcher where all quality podcasts are streamed. If you like what we're doing here and this was fun even a little bit for you, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. That's how we get noticed and how we get recommended. So I don't actually know how many reviews you have to have before the star rating pops up, but that's really helpful. Um, Actual reviews are really helpful as well, not just in fan fiction, but in podcasting as well. So if you feel so, uh, so inclined, please leave us a review. Tell us what you like about the show. Tell us anything you want. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at iShipItPod, and also on Facebook at the iShipIt Podcast. And I think that's all I have for you guys. Thank you to the people who have uh, reviewed so far and the people who followed us on all the social media. You can vote this week once I figure out how to do a poll uh, for the name of my recording studio. Remember, our choices are the Citadel of Smut or the Sanctum Smutorum. And I will go with, I promise, I will go with whatever the clear winner is, unless I have to cast a, uh, a tie-breaking vote, which is also a very exciting option that may occur. Or not. <laughs> or maybe nobody cares what I call this closet space. But I, I think the people I've tried this, these names out to, everybody seems to have a strong opinion one way or the other. So I think it's time to, to take it to the public. So look for that. Follow us on all the socials and tell us what you think. If you want to um, donate to our little cause, send us a little cheddar cheese, you can um, donate via PayPal, shop our Amazon link, or uh, just recently started this, you can buy us a coffee. And uh, that will help us reach our ultimate goal of me being able to quit my job and read fan fiction for a living and give you one of these episodes every week for the rest of forever. And I know that's what you want to. Until next time, my love, stay geeky and thank you so much for listening. Mwah.